Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ImpactVest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. I'm Aisha Williams, the founder and CEO of ImpactVest. And along with our guest host, we aim to inspire and motivate towards collective positive global impact to solve our world's most pressing challenges in sustainability. With each episode, we will engage in insightful conversations with global change makers, visionaries, and sustainability activists who wish to build a more sustainable and resilient future. Join us now as we create the future of impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Impact Best podcast. I am Tanya Love Lamort, the Managing Director for the Impact Best Alliance. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Mahmoud Elzamor, the co founder and group CEO of ILA Logistics Holding, a digital platform that acts as an internal logistics department for fast moving consumer goods companies. Welcome to our podcast, Mahmoud. Hello, hello, Tony, and uh, and um, how's everything? It's going well. Um, we're in 2024. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I think from from 2020 uh, up until now, it's 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 like passed very, 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 very fast. And um, but a lot of things happened. But a lot of big things happened. Uh, but suddenly now we are in 2024. So. I, I don't know what's happening, but now we are at 2024. Exactly. I feel like I blinked and it. It just happened. Yeah. So I want to start off by hearing a little bit about your background and experiences in sales, account management, consumer goods industry, just to give us a little background on who you are. Yeah. So um, I used to work for this industry, I think, since I was little bit a kid because I started training at, at Coca-Cola once I graduated from school and I spent there around three to four years when I was in, in college. And then I, uh, I started as a full-time employee in Coca-Cola from, from a sales rep and I get like uh, promoted to sales supervisor, then sales manager. And I, uh, and I was lucky enough to work across all the distribution channels from the traditional trade ones to the modern trade ones. I spent in Coca-Cola around five years as a full-time employee, and uh, and then I went to the Clorox International as a regional sales manager, and I was managing the the whole modern trade across Egypt. And then something happened, like my, my father passed away, and he he was also to to work in in the in the FMCGs, uh, and we have that family business in distribution. And then I left the corporates to to start managing his his work, but I decided not to to pursue this kind of track, and I uh, and I decided to pursue my uh, my track. And the idea of Vela was inside my head when I was in Coca Cola. I was fascinated for. Of Ela, uh, sorry, Uber kind of model. Uh, at that time, it was 2016, I believe, or 2017. At that time, we have multiple challenges with the truck drivers that we outsourced from from the market. So, both challenge and idea came up to my mind, and I started to talk with a couple of my friends. We are now my co-founders as well, and we decided to start Ela 2019. And all of those events, and I'm I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your father. Um, I know sometimes we we get pivoted into different situations because of yeah. things that happen around us. And yeah. you mentioned your you know your co-founders. What what was the aha moment for you that inspired you and to cause you to pivot and become the co-founder and CEO of Ila Logistics Holding? 
What was the real aha moment for you to make you pivot? It, 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 I think two things, like um, a personal one and, and, and a business one, like uh, from two uh, point of views. Uh, from a personal point of view, I, I thought at that time that this is not what I want to, to continue with. Uh, I want to build something by myself. I want to have something that I built from scratch. I don't want to continue like on top of someone's dream, you know, even right. if he, even if he's my father and, and, and he raised me that way to, uh, uh, to go and pursue my, my dream and to build my dream as well. From a business point of view, my co-founders also worked in the FMCGs, one in the like biggest dairy manufacturing in Egypt. And the other one was my, my colleague as well in Coca-Cola. So we had a multiple discussions on the, the same pain point in the logistics and supply chain for the FMCGs. Hence, we were not working in the supply chain. We are our commercial guys. So seeing that challenge from a commercial perspective, and we noticed that it's common between multiple companies, and we had multiple discussions with other colleagues as well in the same industry, and we thought it's, it's time. Um, and at that time, the startup scene in Egypt starts to to get noticed, and I remember the first the first meeting with with the investor. I didn't know anything about the VCs, accelerate anything. Like I was talking to him as a normal investor, like right. twenty to twenty five percent over our profits, and this is our profits, and so on and so forth. And now suddenly he stopped us, guys. There is something called an accelerator. You have to go there and you have to to explore everything. And from that time, we 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 started um, um, like pursuing Ella. So so in in like like that, that discussions with with multiple uh, industry experts in the FMCGs, and, and and we saw that this is a common challenge between those companies. And and on the other hand, um, uh, like as I mentioned before, like the the Uber model and the overriding th- thing and the overriding model, I was fascinated with that model. Uh, so putting everything together, we uh, we started it. Right. Wow, that's amazing. And it's amazing how people come across your path for yep. your next phase. You know, you yep. met all of your co-founders and so forth in your previous roles and you had yep. a really good experience. So it's amazing yep. how that occurs. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Ila Logistics Holdings digital platform and how you serve your clients. Give us a little background on what it is, how you use it, and and so forth. Yeah. Okay. So I will start from from the beginning. We uh, we started with one um, business model uh, or one business offering, which is the direct delivery. We we do delivery from the FMCG manufacturer to to all kind of retail channels from the mom and pop shop ones to the, the big hypermarkets, convenience stores. And also we do internal shuttling or internal supply between the manufacturer and their warehouses. And we are an asset-like company, so we have a mobile application that in the hands of truck drivers that own their own trucks. And also we work with contractors that own five to 20 to 25 uh, the trucks. And this is our supply source. So we connect both the demand and supply side, but we do the operations as well. So it's not a marketplace kind of thing, but we, we do also the logistics and, uh, and the operations as well. And we have three uh, main products, three main technology products. The client portal that the client can order and track the shipment uh, from that portal. And we have the internal system that we use it to manage our 
communication and, and to manage everything related to, to the trip and beyond. And also the last thing, which is the mobile application, which is the, um, the data inflow, the driver can use it. And it's very simple to use. We started with a very, very simple uh, uh, application for the drivers. And the main challenge in, in that specific sector is how to motivate or incentivize the driver to use a technology whatever that technology is. And from that point, we, we delivered more than almost now 80 million cartons or 80 million uh, cases across Egypt. And we have 10,000 plus drivers in our platform, 17 truck types from uh, 1.5 ton to 30 plus tons in different, uh, different types, which is the, like the dry ones and chilled and frozen. And starting this year, uh, which is 2023, we're <laughs> starting. <laughs> Yeah. Last year, we we had um, an observation uh, when when we work with more than two hundred clients, which is two things: they they utilize only sixty five percent from the truck capacity, okay, and they fulfill on average seventy percent of the orders. So we decided to combine multiple brands on the same warehouse, on the same truck, to the same destination. Okay. And we, we launched our second company, which is Frondor. Uh, Frondor, it's under ELA. And it's, as I mentioned, it combines, or it's, it's kind of a, like a product pooling, mm-hmm. rather than each we go to the market by itself. And those companies, they share only one thing, which is the market. They don't share any other thing. Like they have their own pricing strategy, marketing products and everything, but they share the destination. So guys, why every one of you go with his own assets um, and his own uh, trucks to, to the market while you can be bundled in just one truck. And, and it's, it's moving very, very well. Um, and, uh, and, and it have a very good, good potential. So this is from door. And on top of that, in the supply side, we had two extra business uh, models. The first one, which is we launched a store, a virtual store to sell for our uh, drivers, uh, like truck consumables, uh, like tires, lubricants, tire, uh, uh, filters, and so on, like the fast moving ones. Uh-huh. And the final thing, which is the, the contractors and the small logistics companies, we offered them our system. Mm-hmm. to be used because they have the lack of technology and they also have the lack of or they don't have access to cash as well they can go to the bank to have a, a truck uh, leasing or an asset leasing but they don't have the access to the working capital so capitalizing on our uh, experience in the logistics and also utilizing our systems we added on top of that system uh, working capital financing so it's a SaaS backed uh, supply chain financer for the logistics company. So we have four business lines. All of those business lines are in the same ecosystem. So like wow. all of them have the same synergies with the same stakeholders. So we have three stakeholders in one consolidated ecosystem. So this is in a, uh, in a nutshell. Right. Wow, that's amazing. I like how you have this 360 view of your ecosystem um, and how you're looking at every component for your client and what they would need from the actual distribution and supply chain and the actual vehicles themselves and yes. financing. So it's amazing yes. how you thought about that and and how what feedback are you getting from your clients? Is this working for them? Do they like having this 360 ecosystem view? 
Um, what feedback do you get feedback from the actual platform itself or directly from your clients? How do you receive it? It's diaphragm defines because at the end, it's a B2B uh, model, especially for, for, for the FMCD companies. And, and it's, it's all about the relationship between us and our clients. So the feedback, we, we always get that feedback because that's why we, um, we, I'm not saying pivoted, but that's why we added more business lines and um, and trying to have more leverage and as well as having a better service for our clients. So I, I remember like a two two years ago, um, we were in like the declining phase because we we like we were running out of cash, and we started to ask ourselves a lot of questions, like not naive questions, but you know that that questions of. What are we doing? Is this the right thing? What are the things that we needed to 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 adjust in order to to grow faster and grow also sustainably? So we we, we had that balance between leverage and liability, and we asked ourselves multiple questions on that sense: Do we have leverage on that business? Yes or no? Do we have leverage on the consumers? Yes or no? Is the liability high or low? And those are the questions, and we have that matrix between the, the leverage and liability. That's why we added like Frontdoor, Frontdoor, which is the fulfillment model. Frontdoor have a, a huge leverage over the client, not for anything, but the model itself makes complete sense for them. And that offer, they cannot have it even if they want to develop it in house. They cannot develop it in because we fix. We fix the logistics costs, so they will pay the same amount across the year. So they cannot make it until they combine with multiple other FMCG brands. So it, this is this model is we have leverage on the demand side. So we ask ourselves about the delivery model. Do we have leverage over the clients? The answer was no. So on that ecosystem, we have leverage on on the delivery side. Mm-hmm. The supply side, which is the driver. So we need to focus on the driver. We need to add more offering to those drivers in order to hook them on our application and to give them literally a value rather than just only trips and, and revenues. We need right. more value to be created to those drivers. So also we we, we thought about the, the app utilization. Those drivers, yes, they use the app, but they don't want to use the app. Because at the end, I'm I'm telling him, I will give you the same amount that anyone can give you over the trip. But I want to add another, uh, like, uh, traceability or trackability layer over right. what you are doing. And I want to see what you are doing. And that's it. Right. So it, it, it's not a good sell. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good sell at all. So, so we added multiple things, like added multiple values, uh, uh, so multiple uh, offerings to the driver. Mm-hmm. Over the app in order to use it and to have an actual value from using the app. And at the end, we thought about the our we call it partners. Those our supply partners, which is the contractors. Those guys having a thing that we don't have. They own trucks. We don't own trucks, and we don't want to own trucks. So they are not competing with us. And also, we noticed that the competition, the same model that we have, the mobile application kind of trucking uh, uh, model. They and and we as well were trying to be on top of the market, right? And I don't think that this is the right thing. Like we are the like the top player, and everyone is beneath uh, uh, us, which is not from my point of view, but right. which is not because those traditional contractors they invested a lot 
in 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 this sector and right. and they have assets with millions and they have experience more than literally 100 years and it's inherited between multiple generations so i think it's 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 more like smart to partner with those contractors and to see what's the missing points that they have and you can give them those missing points and you will gain a lot of like revenues relationship and and, and everything with those contracts and th- this is what we did so okay. so at the end that wasn't the original vision uh-huh. but it's like uh, it's it was a building blocks like we try if it's working yes no but at the end we have like a goal, which is we want to work in the FMCG industry. We want to work in the supply. So anyone is related to this okay. area, we want to work with them. Okay. And then we draw the connection between those stakeholders. And now we have, from my point of view and from my uh, believing that literally we have a very solid ecosystem and uh, and I'm really proud of Wow. I commend you. That's, it took a lot of effort to, to get to that point, and it's amazing what you're doing. Um, you mentioned something early on in your statement about your sustainability uh, impact. Can you elaborate a little bit on that part of your business? Yeah, yeah we, have, we have like um, environmental impact and also social impact. The social impact, which is the truck drivers and what we do with the truck drivers, and we had partnerships with GIZ. Uh, it's um, it's a, a German or a Dutch uh, organization here in Egypt, and we train more than 300 drivers on financial literacy, tech literacy, defensive driving, and safe driving. And and we continue beyond that program. That uh, now we are building our own center, like training center, to train those drivers. Not only those drivers are working with Ela, but also the drivers on the app or on the platform. And also, we offer now medical insurance with a very, very minimal fees for the drivers. So we want to build that ecosystem or driver ecosystem in order to update this profession because in Egypt, it's not working very well. And those truck drivers doesn't have that umbrella that give them a lot of uh, like perks and offerings. They don't have access to banks. They don't have access to medical insurance. They don't have access literally to anything because they are not working in a company. I'm not talking about the drivers that that they are working in a company. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about the drivers, like the individual drivers. Right. Those drivers doesn't doesn't have any access to to any of those uh, perks. So we want to give them that umbrella and to give them those offerings. So this is this is the social impact. For the environmental impact, front door model is literally decreasing the amount of trucks with the same volume loaded by 25%. So those two ends, we work on them like extensively and it's moving well. Well, that's great. Great. So one thing that I enjoyed when we did your interview for our uh, white paper for the Impact Best Alliance There was a quote that you made that really stood out to me. You stated, you do not need to build the most complex model of technology. You need to build a usable technology that's tailored towards your clients. Can you, I I just believe this statement is just profound. Can you expound a little bit for our podcast listeners on why you said that and, and what was the meaning behind what you're trying to drive with that quote? I believe that, especially for, for the truck drivers, but I will go a step back. I think in, in the continent, like in the African continent, we need to build the infrastructure first before we think about any advanced technology. 
because we have the lack of that infrastructure. So here when I say we are working in, in Africa, in Egypt, and in the logistics for the truck drivers, so that funnel, it has like the answer of, I don't think that we need to focus on building a very complex technology. We want to focus on having those drivers able to use technology. I remember like when we first started, I didn't met any truck driver that owned a smartphone. Well, so that was the challenge. Now it started to like change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to change a lot, especially after like Facebook, TikTok, and, and so on. Right. And, and <laughs> so, so the idea is we want to build that technology that the driver can use and gain a benefit out of it. When we first started, the benefit of that technology was on us rather than on the drivers. So we, we are the one who gain the benefit on, of the technology. Like we gain the data insights right. that we can give it to our clients, but those drivers doesn't have any benefit from using technology. But we, we changed that idea or even we call our app now is not a delivery app, it's a driver app. And this is the change in, in our mentality and change in our vision. We, we want to build that technology that like facilitate the truck driver, like lifestyle or uh, right. the, the daily working challenges that they have and we are on the track of achieving this so as i mentioned we add those tools we add also uh, discounts on services multiple services on the driver app like if he wants to eat drink or even uh, wash his his car a lot of things that we we added discounts on and also the medical insurance as i mentioned and a lot of things that we want to build on the app. Even we want to make them connect with each other and talk with each other as like a, right. like a Facebook for drivers. So we want to have literally a technology that is usable by those truck drivers and to get benefit out of it. Wow. You gave us so many nuggets and benefits for your clients. So, and I know we said at the beginning, 2024 just happened, you know, it came so quick. <laughs> what is your direction for 2024 out of everything that you're doing, which is really amazing, by the way. And I just commend you all for all of your accomplishments up until this point. But what is your your passion and your direction for, for 2024? Uh, I hope, I hope that the, um, like everything happening in the world starts to get like those guys need to chill because there are, yes. <laughs> there are a lot of things happening outside of us. What I, what what we want to achieve is to solidify our our ecosystem because those business lines just added a, a year ago, mm-hmm. and some of them just added like uh, two queues ago. So we need to solidify our positioning in in Egypt first. We have plans to go outside of Egypt, to expand outside of Egypt. But the idea is when, because I witnessed like multiple startups that had the decision of expanding outside their original market and the timing wasn't that good and they lost their original market. And I don't want to go in that mess. At the end, if there is no like actual reason why we are expanding outside of our original company, uh, sorry, our original country, I don't think it's a good idea, but we have that plan to expand at the end of this year and we hope it it will happen. Uh, We want to increase our warehouse footprint three times. Now we have more than 250,000 square meter under management and we want to to triple this area or um, our footprint. And we want to to reach the goal of having a driver super app, literally super app, like he, he, the truck driver can use it and give him 
the benefits and the tools of his daily work and even beyond that. And those are the two main KPIs that we want to achieve by the end of 2024. This is amazing. I just want to say thank you again for taking the time to talk to me today. It has truly been a pleasure. I Every time I speak to you, I learn something else. The growth of ILA and what you're doing is amazing. And I, I'm just looking forward to what's to come beyond 2024 and all the things that you've included in your ecosystem. You've really thought about your clients, those that are within companies, those that are not, and the services that they need and need to provide. And you're including that in your whole ecosystem. So I, I truly commend you all. I think it's amazing. And I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. So thank you. <laughs> it's, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And it's always a pleasure to, to have a conversation with you. Yes, likewise. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Impact Best podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. Join us next week for another episode and become part of our Impact Best newsletter community, where you will receive all of the latest updates about our work in this new era of innovative impact finance. See you next week as we create the future of finance at Impact Best.